The right idea at the right time. The miracles of logistics every day. I just challenged all of their rules. Technology is revolutionizing this industry. Changed our lives. Close your eyes for a second. New York, Hong Kong, Paris. We're more connected. You just never know where the next innovation will come from. Rules are beginning to change. This is Longitudes Radio, a podcast with today's leading experts about the future of technology, global trade, sustainability, and logistics. I'm Brian Hughes. And I'm James Rowe. James, we're living in uncertain times. From Brexit to the rise of populism around the world, many are wondering what's next for global institutions as we know them. That's raised questions about the state of global free trade and transatlantic cooperation. Other people might wonder where Asia fits into the equation, and how do we account for technologies like artificial intelligence? Yeah, and those are great questions, Brian. Former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger knows a thing or two about the consequences of uncertainty. As the United States' top diplomat under Presidents Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford, he faced some of the most consequential foreign policy decisions of the 20th century. But what does he think about where we stand today and where we're heading in the future? Well, we're about to find out. Dr. Carl Kaiser, chairman of the Board of Trustees for the Center for International Security and Governance, chatted with Secretary Kissinger in honor of the 200th anniversary of the University of Bonn in Germany. We hope you guys really enjoy the conversation. My first question, what goes through your head as we look at the Europe of today and the Europe of then, um, what conclusions should we draw today? On July 1st, 1914, no one in Europe thought it was the eve of a calamity tour. I think it is safe to say that none of the leaders who ended the war in 1914, would have done so had he known what the world would look like in 1918, but even in 1916. Nobody expected casualties of this magnitude in such a short period of time. I mention this because the minimum lesson it should teach is not to get into situations whose consequences you cannot foresee. And that the end of a war mm. determines its importance, not the beginning. What advice would you give to the Europeans today as they look at the situation of an international system which is profoundly changing with great uncertainty uh, reigning, um, old nationalisms coming back, uh, uh, and having really ventured uh, to overcome their conflicts of the past. Are you worried about Europe? Yes, of course, I'm worried about Europe be uh, because all of us, including Europe, and in some ways especially Europe, are finding themselves in a quite new and unexpected situation. 
World War I started between European countries and the other countries of the world were either not directly involved or they were involved as adjuncts of the European nations. The essence of the contemporary world is that there are major changes going on all over the world simultaneously. The emergence of so many new regions mm-hmm. and the emergence of Asia, not as an adjunct of Europe, but as an independent set of powers, is an extraordinary transformation of the system. Do the Europeans have the adequate strategy on Asia? I think nobody knows exactly yet what the adequate strategy is, because a strategy to be adequate has to respond to the immediate problems, but also to the culture and to the uh, history of the other parties involved. And uh, from following the European debate, there is a beginning of a questioning and We in America have the same problem in, to some extent, and so do the Chinese. That's the essence of the current situation. The, uh, you once uh, remarked somewhere that, the, that Asia could repeat the mistakes of Europe uh, as new powers emerge that a balance of power system is there uh, and you also argue that you should combine partnership and balance of power. Um, uh, where do you see the, 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 the situation, how do you see the situation today in, in Asia uh, when it comes to the prospect of stability and peace? When man thinks now of stability and peace, One has to think also of the nature of modern weapons. In 1914, the leaders thought they understood the characteristics of the weapons, and they were bad enough, but they were relatively finite in relation to what exists today. And the technology is changing all the time, so that everybody who wants to participate in the international system has to develop a concept of the impact of modern technology on the stability of the system and of how it can be related to the concerns of his own country. That is a huge Enterprise. When we look at the evolution of artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. we now have to worry not only about the impact of a technology that we, whose, out, whose characteristics we understand, 
but of a technology which may have its own ideas about how to employ itself. Uh, there's no precedent for that in history. Okay. You wrote a very thoughtful article in The Atlantic on that subject. And this is something where, of course, China, America, and Europe, they're all competing on this issue, uh, like on other issues. But they also have a common interest. They have corners, and that's my question. Where do you see um, the future of transatlantic cooperation in dealing with these issues which also Asia, and in particular China, raises? Well, since the end of the Second World War, one of the significant achievements has been the growth of a concept of Atlantic Partnership that attempts to avoid a conflict of the magnitude of the previous period and tries to apply that relationship to new conditions. But uh, how to do that and how to relate the national culture of countries to the requirements of world order mm -hmm. is one of the big tasks ahead. There is no good precedent for it yet. So I would say that the evolution that's ahead of us will have to deal with that problem as a major problem. The, uh, the transatlantic relationship always had two dimensions. The one was security. The other one was economic relations. And the, the system that America built up had all, always made sure that security existed and that free trade flows. Do you see dangers to that system now? To have a global system, ideally one would believe that a maximum of free trade would be the most natural way for it to operate, but it has to occur side by side and it has to be implemented by societies whose historic evolution has been quite different. Uh, I often point out that, take American, an American example, America has been used to a world in which problems were the exception and in which the solution of problems brought about stability. Other countries, for example, China, have lived in a world in which there were constant problems. And so each nation and each society will have its own definition of the nature of, of stability. And they will have to be brought into concert 
with each other. That's one of the challenges of our period. Let me ask you a final question. Uh, you have played a very important role in the whole post-war history of Europe and Germany, including how do you see Germany's role now in the evolving system with Europe's difficulties, the European Union facing internal problems with Britain leaving uh, the Union and all the global problems that we just discussed? Well, in many ways... Germany had had a unique history. It was the last of the major European countries to be unified. One can argue that it has never had a truly tranquil period until the end of the Second World War. So, in German history... In the empire, it felt itself besieged. In the republic, it felt itself abused. Under Hitler, it felt it could aspire to dominance. And it's only in the post-war system that it felt that it would work explicitly to make itself part of the international system. And I have great respect for what has been achieved. But Germany also has more neighbors than any country, so it is a very difficult challenge uh, for Germany to reinvent itself all the time. But uh, it also presents a great opportunity because it means that if Germany solves these problems, it, by definition, contributes to the stability of Europe. That's what we hope will the policy of the, of the future. And we thank you for your contribution that you made to the state of affairs of Germany. And we want to thank you for this conversation. Thank you very much. If you like what you heard today, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, or right on our website at longitudes.ups.com. And after you've signed up for the podcast, please drop us a review. We'd love to hear from you.